today on the DML News Podcast, women are now going to get pummeled by men in the boxing ring. That's the latest insanity to hit the United States of America. And Denny and I prove we were right. A poll out today shows immigration will be the big topic for 2024. We've got new stories that are going to make you pull your hair out. And it's all unfiltered. Dennis Michael Lynch gives you his word and he will never let you down. He will always fight for America. The only one who really puts his money where his mouth is, is Dennis Michael Lynch. Hello, I'm Dennis Michael Lynch and I thank you for joining Denny and myself here on the brand new DML News Podcast. We appreciate you being with us. We hope you're always going to share what it is we're doing. Tell people about the program. Tell people about the DML News app. Help us grow, especially in this very important election year. Dennis, as always now with the new show, we start off with our healthy power shake from Ryan. Ryan, you did not tell us what is in here. What is it that Dennis and I are drinking? I tell you what, it tastes pretty good. Uh, what do you got? Uh, so today I put banana, pitted cherries, almond milk, low-fat yogurt, honey, and then some flaxseed. I can taste the honey. What do you think? Very good. I've never had pitted cherries in a smoothie before, but it's an interesting addition. Well, that's why Ryan is the master chef. Starting on February 7, Ryan's Cafe is a podcast. It will be running bi-weekly. Uh, we're going to do it as a live show on Facebook Live and on Team DML. And then the next day, everybody who uses the app can see the recipe in the video. But that's you want to talk about a lot of laughs because Ryan will be cooking and whipping up stuff Denny, myself, and Ashley will be filming it and busting his chops the entire way. But we shouldn't chop, bust his chops too much, Dennis, because he, in part, is going to be keeping us healthy in 2024. That said, Dennis, there is something that we cannot ignore that's happening in the country, and uh, it's unfortunate that's taking place. There is a huge watering down of the female. There is a huge watering down of what it means to be a woman, and... There is no greater story of this. Uh, you want to talk about pulling your hair out in disbelief. Why don't you start the program off with our big conversation today, which we have uh, as the headline being beating women. And it's sort of a play on words because there's two meanings to this. Beating women in terms of beating them like, hey, I won. And then beating women in terms of literally kicking them to a pulp. What's going on here with U.S. boxing? It's sad. Uh, you know, I think. Everyone can agree the top three uh, classic American sports would probably be baseball, football, and boxing. And, uh, you know, uh, BLM and kneeling has ruined football. I'm sure there's probably something that is going on with baseball. But now USA Boxing is the next chopping block of uh, this continued wokeness for sorts, specifically when it comes to transgenders now being allowed to fight in their preferred gender category. So if you are a built strong man and you decide that I am now a woman, you are pretty much there to be eligible to participate in USA women's boxing. Uh, I actually have the new guideline. It's something they've been in discussion about for a few months now, uh, but it's now official because they've spelled out the rules and the rule book of how you can um, uh, be permitted to um as a trans person, so hold on. Before you read those rules, I, I I want people to get somewhat of a taste of what we're talking about here. Now, there's boxing, 
the traditional boxing. You think of Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson, Holyfield. And then there's now the more popular MMA, right? MMA, mixed martial arts, has become uber popular. Uh, Trump is often shown going to the MMA championship fights. We are going to show you right here a short video clip. And the reason why it's short is not because we're watering it down. The reason why it's short is that it is a man pretending to be a woman, also known as transgender. He is in the MMA ring fighting a woman. And just so this way you know who is who, when you're watching the video, uh, the man is the one with a big logo on the front of his tank top. All right? So ultimately, he's the winner. Watch how quick this fight unfolds and the woman gets her ass handed to her. Ryan, play the video. Wow. I'll tell you what, Robert. Oh. Oh. Erica Newsom comes out, delivers a strike. Wow. Oh. And Fallon, Fallon now takes a top. Good knee by Fallon. I tell you what, the last word I was going to say is that I got intimidated uh, by the stare down <laughs> by Erica. Oh. Wow, Erica Newsom throws, goes for the takedown. Fallon Foxes escape. They're both back up on their feet. Good throws and reversals by both fighters. These girls are getting right into it. Fox oh, the knees, and oh. that's it. Fallon Fox. Holy cow. Oh, wow, what a beautiful knee. Beautiful tie clinch right to the chin. Down goes Pitbull. Unbelievable. Game over. Wow. All right, Dennis, just give us a couple of the highlighted rules here for now in U.S. boxing, what it is that a transgender guy, guy pretending to be a girl, what they have to do in order to be able to get in the ring and pummel a woman. They would need to be over 18, uh, complete gender reassignment surgery, uh, they would have to be tested on their testosterone levels, and it needs to be at a certain capacity. Uh, and I, I think they, there's like a 12-month review process, but who knows if they're really going to follow that. Look, at the end of the day, I, you know, it reminds me of a story real quick on a tangent. You guys may remember, I don't know, you remember, Ryan may have been too young. I think you actually went. Did you go the day that I fought in that charity boxing match? Yes. Okay. So I once fought in a, a charity boxing match, and by no stretch am I a professional boxer or even an amateur to that point. I mean, I'm a guy who hits the speed bag. I hit the heavy bag. I can take care of my own. I went in the ring, and I fought against the guy. Now, back uh, when we did the fight, because it was for charity, it was still sanctioned by U.S. boxing, so we had to follow the rules. Well, one of the problems was is that you only have a certain amount of people who sign up for a charity boxing match, so you got to match everybody up. The guy I was against weighed 220 pounds, okay? At the time, I was probably, I was really great shape. I was probably 190, 195. Well, the problem was I wasn't allowed in the ring with him unless I was 200 pounds. So what we did going into the weigh-in, right? You know, we would weigh in and we had our uh, big, they have like this big underwear guarding contraption because it's an amateur fight. The guy who was training me took a 10-pound weight stuck it in my underwear as I went into the weigh-in, and therefore I wound up going up to 202 pounds. Had I not put that weight inside my underwear, I didn't even think of doing it, I would not have been able to make that fight. Now, I go into that fight, and 
I beat that guy. I didn't pummel him, but I beat that guy. And the reason why I beat that guy was because I was a slimmer, faster, better shaped dude. I should have never actually been in the ring. Now, the other way you could turn it is he should have pummeled me. I was just too quick for him moving around. But he outweighed me by 30 pounds. You know what I mean? But the point of me telling that story is that my guy actually cheated. Like me, my guy, my trainer, cheated to get me into that fight. So you're not going to sell me at all on the fact that any of these little rules that they've got are ever going to stand up. And on top of that, I don't think any of them are running meaningful. It doesn't matter. The, the body of that guy, he may have chopped his balls off. He may lo- no longer have a pecker. He may have tried to put some fake breast on, but his body is still that of a man's. And you're going to look at women getting their asses handed to them in the same way we just watched that MMA fight. Totally agreed. I mean, you could see it in other sports right now, like with the Riley Gaines and the swimming situation. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, biology doesn't lie. Men do have a physical advantage on basically everything uh, when it comes to height, when it comes to strength. And it's a shame because, you know, boxing and MA, it's probably the most dense uh, training regiment for any kind of sport. I mean, it's, you see boxers and fighters all the time practicing three to four times a day sometimes. So, uh, you know, if you're a woman and you're trying to really make a name for yourself and you train really freaking hard, all you need is some, you know, guy who claims he's a chick coming in and, and taking that away from you. It's, it's, I, I'm shocked that USA Boxing has, has even caved to doing this. So the question becomes, why did USA Boxing do it? Why would you do it? Now, is it because you're trying to be fair and equal to everybody that's out there? I don't believe that. I believe they see it as a sideshow, a circus act. And therefore, hey, uh, we're not making enough money right now off woman, women boxing. I mean, I can tell you this, and I mean no offense to the women out there. I would go and I would pay to go watch a professional fight, no doubt, especially if you got somebody who's good. And I mean, or I should even go say great on the title card. You tell me Mike Tyson's going to be fighting even today at his age. I am going to spend money to, to go watch that. You tell me two women are fighting, I'm not interested in it. It's just, I, I, now I watch two women play tennis I, I, all day long. I'll even watch women play golf. Really good. But two women getting in a boxing ring to beat the crap out of each other, I have no interest in that. But you tell me you're going to put a guy in there and he's going to fight the woman. I mean, I'm not at a principle, just like, like at a principle, I will not sign us up for a TikTok account, even though we're leaving money on the table. Principal says, I will not do it. Principal says, I am not going to go support that sort of thing where a woman is going to get beaten up by a transgender man. But do you think I'm the minority? I'm the anomaly. Do you think that a lot of people will actually dish out money to watch some guy pretending to be a chick go beat the crap out of the woman? You would assume it's done for ratings, but I think it's just continuous on this whole DEI expansion almost to literally every uh, sports organization, company. DEI uh, standing for diversity, equity, and inclusion. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, again, I, I'm, you know, I'd am i rather go see a Conor McGregor fight than a Ronda Rousey fight. But 
you know, it's still a very prominent sport that a lot of people tune into. I mean, it's a pay-per-view for fights is pretty, you know, costly as it is. It's, it's a money-making, like you said, Trump's always going to the UFC uh, battles. So, you know, it's definitely, it's a very big, prominent sport here. Um, you're probably going to get the weirdos who tune in because they want to watch the trans fighters. But if I'm, you know, your normal classic American, I don't want to watch some dude pretend to be a lady beating up another lady. Well, the problem is, is that normal classic Americans are now the minority in this country. Radical crazies, at least it appears from just every news feed, the radical crazies have taken over. And, you know, one of the things we said we were going to do in this program this year, and we're going to stay consistent with it, is if you look over my right shoulder, Ryan, make sure you're going tight on me. There's a picture there of Amelia Earhart, okay? Amelia Earhart was heroic in what it is that she attempted to do and did do. Uh, And for those who are unfamiliar with Amelia Earhart, she was really the first woman to take flight. She did international flight. She wound up losing her life. She got lost in trying to do it again. But ultimately, she broke through that glass ceiling, if you will. She broke through and said, hey, women can be pilots too. And like I said, it was heroic. It was inspirational for women. It was a huge thing. We, there are a lot of Amelia Earhart stories over the course of American history. But just to focus in on her, can you imagine if it was a transgender, it was a guy who dressed up as a chick and said, hey, I'm going to be the first person to, I don't know, whatever we are today. Or let's just go back to yesterday. If it was to be that we would dilute the effort and the achievements of an Amelia Earhart because we took, you know, uh, a guy named Adam and said all of a sudden he wanted to be Amelia, and that's the storyline, that's where we're going. We're taking away, we are taking away the importance of identifying a woman as a woman, and when that woman does something that is, let's call it Herculean, in the sense that she breaks through and does something that only guys sort of did. And now we are in a situation where we will start to dilute that because what's going to happen is we've got a woman somewhere, I don't know who she is, who is right now arguably the best boxer in the world. She's a female. Some guy who's going to put himself in a skirt is going to jump in that ring, beat the living crap out of her, and now a guy is going to become the woman's champion. One other thing to add to that, Dennis, and I'll give it over back over to you, is this is a money grab for guys who couldn't make it in the ring with other guys. 100%. With all of these different categories, with the swimming, with the racing, meaning running track, uh, it's when you look at all these... uh, Transgender athletes, a lot of them have transitioned in the last two to three years, uh, which means, you know, that they really weren't, you know, this, uh, oh, I'm a woman my entire life. It's kind of convenient timing. They transition when they want to go now into a new league, such as the women's league, uh, such as the uh, Leah Thomas guy, you know, man or guy or boy, his whole life, swimmer, very average male swimmer. Besides, he's a woman, and now he's you know raking in medals and endorsements and getting featured on ESPN uh, segments. It's uh, it's kind of just more of a clown show. Okay, I am going to push back on one aspect of the whole. Take a look at the whole sports thing uh, as you just presented it, and I'm pretty confident in what I'm going to say right now. I can swim. 
Uh, you know what? I'm going to use two people. I'm going to use myself and my best friend, Jimbo, right? So my buddy, Jimmy, uh, is probably about six foot, 215 pounds, 215 pounds mostly of just pure muscle. Strong guy. He's got hands. He's got mitts. Like You can't shake his hand without feeling like you're going to lose your hand somehow, some way. And I have, even though it's my best friend, I've tangled with Jim three times in my life. And I will admit, I have lost every one of those tangles. He just overwhelms me in terms of his size and strength. However, I give him a pretty decent battle when we do it. Now, this is usually when we were kids, you know, drunken fights or whatever. But I bring up Jim and myself for this reason. Both of us are pretty good athletes in almost anything we touch. I can tell you that Jim is a really, really good swimmer. In fact, he's the coach of the high school swim team. You throw Jim in a pool or you throw me in a pool, I could swim pretty well, right? I taught you kids how to swim. Mommy will say to this day, your dad is such a good swimmer. You throw us in a pool, I can tell you right now, you put a woman who knows how to swim, she's going to beat both Jim and myself. I'm a really decent golfer. Jim is okay as a golfer. You put a professional golfer in there against me, and she's a female, she's going to whip my ass, even though I'm going to play a decent round. I can go sport to sport to sport, but I am telling you right now, I would bet every dollar I have in my wallet that if you put me, even at 54 years old and Jimmy's 55, you put Jim or me in a boxing ring against whoever it is that is the champion there today, I am going to win that fight. Jimmy is definitely going to win that fight. And if that purse is a million dollars, a million and a half dollars, I'll tell you right now, maybe I do or maybe I don't meet all the qualifications that they're going to say or whatever it may be. Or maybe I can fake it or I can AI it, whatever it turns out to be. I can wind up tomorrow creating a new career for myself where I'm going to wind up. You want to talk about a sideshow, an anomaly? Former Fox News contributor and Newsmax right-wing contributor Dennis Michael Lynch at 54 years old is going to wind up making his way into professional boxing. Only thing is, now he's Denise. So I'm the sideshow. I do it for kicks. I'm going to do it because I'm going to pick up that million and a million dollar, $2 million purse. I may even cut myself a great pay-per-view deal because you know a lot of people are going to chime into that one, especially if we cut a thing with Facebook and we got a couple of million people watching it live. I am going to become the champion of the world. I am going to win a million and a half dollars. And therefore, I'm going to say, okay, can I now sew back on my penis and balls? Now I got the money. I would not do that. But somebody else is going to think about doing it. And let me tell you something. There's plenty of guys out there that could whip my ass and whip Jimmy's ass. And if they're going to beat us, guess what they're going to do to some woman? It is just a freak show. It is a, an, a, it is a despicable move by U.S. boxing. And I hope, I pray, that the people of this country will do to U.S. boxing what it is that they did to Bud Light. Last word goes to you, and then we move on. I, I very much hope so. And again, I, I think it's all a clown show act. And I always ask the same question when any of these sports leagues start permitting the transgender stuff. Why not just make a transgender category? And the truth is, they don't want to do that because the whole messaging is trans women are, and I'm doing quotes if you're watching, real women. Dennis, they don't want to do it. 
Because nobody's going to go. That too. Because yeah. the people who actually believe that transgender people are playing with a full deck and are worth giving attention to is so damn small. In fact, I think it, it is so small that it wouldn't even be a category if you said, hey, you got to have at least 50,000 people uh, registered as a real transgender. I mean, you wouldn't have a ticket sold. That's why. All right, let's call a spade a spade. There is no transgender categories in anything because nobody is going to give a rat's ass. There's no money to make, and that's why they're doing this. This is all about money. Money, money, money. The sideshow, the freak show always sells. It's why if you drive up right now on I-95 and you look at, oh, wow, look at the snow. Snow's piling up. You know, nobody gives a rat's ass. Springtime comes and all the blossom of the trees. Nobody gives a rat's ass. But if you put some guy dressed in a skirt who got a flat tire or even worse, got into an accident with somebody else and now everybody stops. Because they love a sideshow. They love a massacre. They love the way it looks when it's all dirty and scummy and somebody's bleeding. And I will tell you right now, you're going to have women bleeding profusely at the hands of a man. Uh, totally. And it, again, it just it's going to contribute to the overall erasure of women's sports, whether it's boxing, swimming, track. Uh, I mean, if I had a daughter, I'd be petrified of, of what sports is going to look like in 20 years from now if this keeps up. Uh, the sports that are going to be here 20 years from now, 50 years from now, because this is what we're allowing to happen. The hunger games will become a reality and we're just going to let it happen. And you want to know something? It's the wild, wild West. And there's no better example of that than down at the border. Now, one of the things Denny and I said going into this new year is that we wanted to make sure that the program was always diversified in the sense that, Hey, let's not talk about the same topics all the time. However, it would be, um, wrong of us to ignore what is the number one thing. We told you two days ago that the number one topic this year for 2024 undoubtedly was going to be the border immigration national security. And you know what? We prove how smart we are on this program. There is a poll, a poll. Immigration will be the most important political issue for Americans in 2024, except for the current war with nuclear-armed Russia, according to a poll for the Associated Press. 35% cite immigration and the border wall as a top concern, an increase from 27% last year, said the December 2023 poll conducted by the Associated Press and the Nork Center for Public Affairs Research. Immigration lost the top spot to foreign policy because only 22% of Democrats describe it as a top issue. The issue of foreign policy scored higher at 38%, just above immigration score of 35%, because the largely nonpartisan issue is very important to both Republicans and Democrats. So if you're, you know, they're saying to you, hey, the whole Russia thing is very, very important, right? Because that's what Joe Biden has been pushing. That's what the media has been supporting him on. The, the media forever has been painting the immigrants the immigrants, which they're not, they're illegal aliens, the immigrants, they're, 
they, they're just coming over here because they want to work or they're because they're, they're running away from horrible situations back at home. My ass, the people we're getting are the ones that their home country doesn't want. No better story, Dennis. Tell people what it was that just unfolded that we found out about the machete-wielding dude at the White House. Yeah. Who was that? And a Venezuelan migrant. Wait. Illegal um, immigrant, I no, should say. <laughs> a migrant? Yes. Yeah. An illegal alien from Venezuela was the guy wielding the machete. And I believe, and if I'm knife. not mistaken, and a knife. And if I'm not mistaken, he was actually arrested prior. And, and the Biden administration released him and let him go. Because why? They didn't have enough capacity to hold them. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's actually absurd. I, I was talking to Anita last night about this. I mean, he's a 23-year-old. You know, it's, it's actually crazy how many of these illegals are caught, released, and then yet again commit another freaking crime. And I mean, this is at our Capitol. We were just talking uh, the other day about how the, the D.C. Uh, homicide rate is crazy over there right now. Oh, it's totally insane. It is totally insane. And this is this is the part, Dennis. If you go through the New York Times, you go through the Washington Post, you go through any of those places. I, I tried to look. You will not find this story that the machete man was actually an illegal alien. They do not report on it. But you know and I know if that machete-wielding nut was a MAGA supporter and had a Trump 2024 hat, it would remain today as the top story headline everywhere. But they've buried this. They've buried it time and time again. And the truth of the matter is, is that Joe Biden is allowing deadly people, people who wish death on America, who will rape you, who will kill you, who will steal from you, have no regard for your life, he is allowing them in, and when they do get detained, they let them go. In, in, if you go to the DML News app, for anyone who had read that story, um, there's a, represent, a Republican representative out of Arizona, and he you know, tweeted about it, and he said, you know, something very bad will happen soon. I mean, if, seriously, I mean, it, it's going to be one of those stories in the year where, uh, you know, a politician in D.C. gets attacked and maybe then they'll finally do something. Oh, is that something very bad or is that something very good? Yeah. You know, listen, I, one time I remember this, I was given a speech, I was given a speech. And I had some Democrat idiot in the crowd. And I had, oh, I know what it was. I know what it was. I had played a clip from the one time that MSNBC had me on uh, their station. And it was this Jose Balarez, whatever his name is. He actually now, uh, since when I was on there, he actually hosts sometimes debates. I can't remember his name, but he's, he's, a, he's, he's a Latino guy. And he had me on there and he said, you know, you've got these border films and you try to make it sound like, you know, terrorists are coming through. He says, let me ask you, Dennis. How many terror attacks have we had on this nation actually from Latino people who have come over to the, from the country? And I said to him, you know, that's a very irresponsible thing for you to say. And he deflected to something about vaccine levels and then came back and said, you know, Dennis, you didn't, you didn't explain why it was an irresponsible statement on, from my behalf. And I said, well, I'll tell you right now. And he said, well, we don't have enough time. He says, but we'd love to have you back. They never had me back. 
Now, what I would have said, and I said this in my speech when I played that clip and I had some Democrat in there saying, hey, why don't you tell us why it was irresponsible? If you were a woman and you've been raped by an illegal alien, or if you were a child and you have been sexually assaulted by an illegal alien, if you are a mother and your little baby was killed in the back of your car because you were hit by a drunk illegal alien, if you lost everything in terms of your identity and all of a sudden now somebody took a loan out and your freaking credit ratings down in the 500s and you've got to now prove that it wasn't you who took that money, I can go through all of these different things. Would you not say that that's a form of terrorism? Do you not feel like you've been terrorized if somebody came in there and just raped you at gunpoint? I know that's what it would feel like terrorism to me. As I'm saying, I think the term has been so construed, especially by the MSNBC types. You know, they, they always kind of frame it that it has to be a 9-11 style attack. It doesn't. It just has to be the rape of a woman, the rape of a child, the mugging of a child. It's, the death. It's, the the death, death of a human being. Death of a, you yeah. tell me, what is the difference between the person who died because somebody flew an airplane into the trade center or somebody who died because they were knifed, burned alive? They come to America two or three. Ashley was with me. You were with me when we did the interviews of the two moms the two angel moms. Yes. Do you remember being in that hotel room? Mm-hmm. How brutal that was? Do you remember the mother talking about how it was that her son was 12 years old at the time? It was a visa violator from, I don't know, one of these Latin-based countries. And what did they do? They tied him up. They dragged him in the pickup truck. And then they, they, they bound him like he was a steer. And then they lit him on fire. That's not terrorism? To me, that's an ISIS video in the, in the great state of Texas. So don't tell me that there isn't terror coming across the border. There's terror every single time. I'll give you something else. This is all fresh stuff, people. This is all fresh stuff. And this is why we have to hit this again today, right? President Biden's immigration has flooded almost 1,000 poor Latino migrants into the poor college town of Whitewater, Wisconsin, according to a plea by the city's police department. Their arrival has put great strains on our existing resources, says the letter to Biden by the city manager and police chief of the 15,000-person city. Communications with immigrant populations that generally speak only Spanish has been a challenge we've worked to overcome by the use of costly uh, translation software. We have found approximately three times the number of unlicensed drivers on our roadways compared to previous years. This occupies much of our police officers' time and takes away from our ability to serve our community in other aspects. Our officers have also seen firsthand the terrible living conditions that many migrants are now living in. We've seen one family living in a 10 by 10 shed in 10 degree temperatures, We've seen many overoccupied apartments that create non-familiar living, living situations, which unfortunately has led to a number of situations involving juvenile victims of sexual assault. We've also encountered a significant trust barrier between the immigrant population and law enforcement. In many cases, this has led to individuals providing false documents and misleading our staff which further increases our time involved in investigating cases. 
finally, our law enforcement staff have responded to a number of serious crimes linked to immigrants in some manner, including the death of an infant child, multiple sexual assaults, and kidnapping. Our police department averaged 2,437 self-initiated traffic stops annually from 2010 to 2021. In 2023, we are on pace for 1,246 traffic stops, which is signed by the, uh, this was all signed by the, the city manager. So from a, for 11 years, Dennis, they had 2,400 stops. In 2023 alone, they had 50% of that. So in a, I just want to reemphasize that because it reads kind of confusing. In 11 years, they had 2,400. In one year, they've had 1,200. Okay? So don't tell me that this is not a form of terror. This is terrorizing an entire city of 15,000 people now have an extra 1,000 people who speak no English, and obviously the reports are what they are. It, it, it's definitely a contributing factor to the idea that you know, all these uh, sanctuary cities, at this point, we just expect them to be flooded by you know, the, these busloads of illegals, but now it's coming to the point where they are being sent to these small towns. It reminds me of that, that New York Times headline where you know, they talked about how New Hampshire is too white you know, it's like so. I feel like now, you know, and we we talked about it uh, on the previous podcast how some of these migrants are literally just being given maps and addresses to go to with no real indication why. So, is the Biden administration now basically uh, picking out of a hat small, mostly dominantly white, uh, small town American, uh, you know, uh, places and just saying, okay, send a thousand here to upset the population? You brought this up. I'm not sure which podcast it was relative. I think you brought it up multiple different times. I know you talked about it. I think, I'm not sure if it was yesterday or the day before. But you have a strong feeling on the fact that this is a plan to wipe out the population as we have it today based on demographics. Mm-hmm. So when you say Joe Biden is sending, you know, these people are coming in and, you know, where are they going? He doesn't even care anymore that they're being sent to blue cities and destroying those blue cities. Yesterday or the day before, we talked about how New Jersey, their Democrat mayors are saying, we can't take these buses in. It's a national security and a local security issue. We don't know who has guns, who has diseases, who's bad people. So the Democrats are starting to sound like normal people, conservatives and Republicans, and I say Republicans with an asterisk. We're going to play a video right now from Denver. See, this is now happening everywhere. The mayor of Denver tells Meet the Press that they can no longer accept these buses. They're going to have to turn them away, even though they are a sanctuary city. Ryan, play the video. Well, to that end, you've said you've not considered turning away any of these buses of migrants that are coming to your city. But is there a point at which that's something Denver might have to do or something you might have to consider? Yeah, we're going to hit a capacity at which we just won't be able anymore to manage the amount of inflow. And so we're trying to, uh, to avoid that problem. But we know we can't keep growing at this pace. When I took the oath of office six months ago, we had about 400 migrants in shelter. We are more than 10 times that number right now. We've brought 35,000 through 
this year and remarkably been able to get 99% of them up and placed into housing or work or onward travel. And so we have been very successful, but now we're hitting a breaking point at which there's just not enough volume of work or of housing in the city to support this ongoing volume, not to mention the impact on city budgets. This could be 160 or $180 million of impact in our budget next year. That's almost 15% of the entire city budget. So those are numbers we certainly couldn't accommodate on our own without real help. Those are staggering numbers, what he said right there with the 400 that came in, what was it, a few months ago, and now he's seen 10 times that number. You know, with, with this topic load, I've been trying to mentally prepare that probably by the time that I'm your age, I will be in the minority. So uh, I'm... <laughs> Not the minority, Dan. You will be in the huge minority. Meaning, yeah. it's not like minority that you'll be in the 48%. No, you will be a demographic that, like, I'll put it this way. If you look at the Muslim population, it's growing, but it's at the lower side of all different things when mixed in. You will be in that category. You will be almost an absolute. You will be obsolete. And when you just look at the dollar amounts here, you can't take out of the system more than what you put into the system. Everybody knows that. I'll simplify it for them. If your income is $5,000 a month and your bills equal $7,000 a month, you have a $2,000 deficit. You can put it on your credit cards for a couple of months, but at some point, the credit card's going to get turned off because you're not making the payment. You're going to start losing your car, and before long, you're going to get kicked out of your apartment. That means now that you'll be living in a tent. It is just a trickle-down issue. Right now, when you look around the cities, you've got City of New York, you've got City of Chicago. Chicago is a, a sitting time bomb in terms of how much debt they have. This is happening in every major city. California, that freaking freak Newsom leads blacks to believe, hey, by the way, you may wind up getting reparations. We're going to start. How are you going to give reparations? Your state is in, you're, you're in the red, man. You are underwater. You're drowning. You don't have enough money to cover your bills. Where are you getting the money for this? Now you're looking at Denver. Denver saying, this is going to represent 15% of our budget. How can you have a community that's putting nothing into your economy? zero into your economy and stripping 15% of it. The only way that you can pay for these things is twofold based on my 54 years on planet Earth. A, you're either going to go borrow that money and put more burden and more liability and one day you know, your clock's going to get called. Or number two, the more likely scenario, get ready for this one, drum roll, taxes go up. Because somebody's got to pay for this crap. Somebody, Dennis, has got to pay for these people. And it isn't going to be them. And it isn't going to be Microsoft or Google or Apple or Facebook. It's not even going to be Joe Biden. It's going to be the guy and gal of middle-class America. It, it, it keeps going to the fact that they're looking out for everyone else but Americans. I mean, even the Chinese. Uh, the uh, Again, another uh, story I was talking to Anita about and the uh, Chinese that are coming through, um, the process for vetting them has been watered down by the Biden administration purposely. I think even in the report, it's typically 40 questions upon entry. Now it's down to five. 
specifically for why, Chinese why, why, nationals. Why do that? Why do that? Why right. take the most dangerous country in the world who shouldn't be sending people over here at all? 40 questions, it should be 4,000 questions. And go from 40, you didn't go from 40 to 37, you went from 40 to 5. What are they asking them? Yeah. The scaling back of the interview process fast-tracked the releasing of Chinese illegal immigrants into the U.S. while making it more difficult for Customs and Border Patrol agents to identify national security threats. So everything is pinpoint, whether it's the Venezuelan uh, illegal with the machete, whether it's the Chinese illegal immigrants being only asked five questions, everything is counterintuitive to actual national security. Just had Christopher Ray talk about that he's getting red flags everywhere. We just had Catherine Herridge saying there's likely a black swan event. I mean, it, 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 everything is pinpointing to the idea that this is going to lead into something very dangerous if we continue putting these people in our country with no backgrounds on them. At the same time of changing the face of this country, you have to water down the people who are actually in it now. You have to strip the money from their wallets, okay? So, you know, too, some of these Chinese illegals have been Chinese soldiers in the Chinese military. Like, why are we accepting them? Dennis, think about this. We're taking dangerous Chinese nationals. We are allowing dangerous drug cartels to own our our towns and cities. We are allowing rapists, people carrying diseases— and folks that we have no idea where they come from or why they're coming in, we're allowing them to come in free willy. They're allowed to hide in plain daylight. Here is your 10-year-from-now asylum uh, you know, meeting with a judge. What? 10 years? 10 years from now. Meanwhile, while the, the country is being destroyed at that level, mm-hmm. chip by chip by chip, the American... You, me, and especially the retirees are having their wallets raided. So what are we doing? We're diluting you. We're diluting our audience. We're diluting the average American. And we are basically empowering the criminal and the person we have no, we have no idea who the hell you are. Doesn't matter. Just try not to cut anybody with that machete when we let you and release you. Now, I just want to give you something that was very popular yesterday on the DML News app. It goes back to somewhat economic. But we talked about Social Security the other day mm-hmm. and about how it is that there was only a 3.2% cost of living increase this year. Yeah. All right? There are some other things in Social Security that are taking place right now. You want to talk about watering down the 65 and older crowd? All right, People who saved their whole life to try to retire and at least have a little bit of normalcy in retirement? No. Second part that's happening, not only are we not getting the increase that we need for our seniors, but Medicare Part B premiums will be higher. Medical Part B serves as medical insurance and covers doctors and other provider services, outpatient care, home health care, durable medical equipment, and some preventative services. Standard monthly premiums are slated to rise by $9.80 per month. Now, that may not sound, oh, nine eighty per month. When you're on a fixed income, $9.80 feels like 98 bucks. okay? So that's number one. Number two, number two, you may face an earnings test, meaning if you claim Social Security between age 62 and your full retirement age, your benefits will be reduced for starting early. 
If you also continue to work, you may be subject to what is known as the retirement earnings test if you earn over a certain threshold. I have a friend of mine who is on, um, he's, he's older, he's in his 60s. He's on Social Security, but disability Social Security. He uh, wound up coming up with a cancer because of 9-11. He worked at the Trade Center. He was down there, whatever. They make him go through years of filing papers and everything else to get some of that 9-11 fund. He can't work anymore. He literally cannot work anymore. Knowing this guy, as I do, he's not as cognizant as he used to be. They wound up giving him $430,000. Like, oh, all right, not bad. But they deducted all the money that they're going to give him up to the age 65 for the Social Security disability. He came away with almost nothing. So it was, it was like injury to insult. Hey, here's your check. But by the way, we're going to deduct all that, st- all that money. So the guy's sitting there. He's like, wait a second. What am I supposed to do? Right? Number four, you may pay taxes on your benefit income. Social Security benefit income may be subject to federal taxes. The rate at which that income is taxed is based on your combined income. That is calculated by adding half of your benefits with your adjusted gross income and non-taxable interest. You may pay taxes on up to 50% of your benefits. So we've got illegal aliens coming in, not putting a single dime into anything that we need, and yet, what are we doing? We're giving them free stuff. Everybody's uh, taxes are going to be hit for it. we got to pay for something. And we're taking money away from the senior citizens of this country who built this country, who brought it to the next level, who have worked their whole life believing that what they put into the system, later on, they're going to wind up getting back. They're going to have their golden years. They don't have golden years. Oh, they don't have golden years at all. They have, their gold is tarnished and all their gold is being given to people who are coming into this country who have no right to be here. And that's why we're talking about this yet again for the third day in a row so far, 2024. Last word goes to you. Golden years is definitely gone and American dream is more of a American fantasy at this point. There, there is no dream. So unless you're an illegal alien, then it's yeah, all then, dreamy. then it's the literal land of opportunity for you because you're going to give be given a cell phone, an address for a city, a random city, or huh, random small town in Whitewater, Wisconsin. Uh, you know, and again, it, it's it's funny. I, I know I mentioned in the other podcast how I think there's just the two subsets of Democrats: the uh, dumb bo- uh, bozo head mayors that you know believe in their ideology but aren't prepared for the actual reality, and they're not in the know. And then you got Biden and his ilk with the how do we continue Obama's fundamental transformation of the country by fundamentally transformation of transforming the population, including letting guys pretend like they're girls yeah, like and fight in boxing transforming. matches? Transforming, yeah. Let me say this in closing: We want to close on a positive nature. Amelia Earhart, you know, those days are not behind us. Those days are still in front of us. The problem is we've let that go. We've let it go. We've let it go because we're silent. We're afraid. We're not screaming out loud because when you do scream out loud, they try to take you away. Uh, Facebook, tw- you know, well, you, the old Twitter, Google, you know, everything. We've told you about how it is that you're constantly getting censored. You're getting pulled down. You're getting beat on. And if you're a woman, you're getting it doubly. Mm-hmm. That can change. As bad as everything feels right now, that can change. You go back pre-COVID, 
and think about how this country was humming. That border was basically almost, it was like, what, 15,000 apprehensions in April 2017? Oh, my God. Everybody had money in their pocket. Uh, it, it, the, the demographics in this country that usually suffer the most, the blacks, you know, the, the, the Latinos, they were all on the upswing. There was more opportunity for women. This was all happening under Trump. Our economy was going to gangbusters. It was the best economy I had ever witnessed in my 54 years as an entrepreneur. That, we, we are not far away from that, Dennis. We are 12 months out from seeing that again. It is so important. It's all about messaging. I leave on this. I was giving a speech in March of 2014. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, was it March of 2024? Whatever month it was. It was in 2014. It was in Michigan. A whole crowd of people asked me, who do you like for the 2016 election? Who do you think can beat Hillary Clinton? I said, Donald Trump. Half of that audience got up and left. The other half laughed. A couple of people asked me, why do you say that? I explained why he would be great. Two years later, I bet you half of the crowd that walked out and the other half that laughed all voted for that guy, I'm probably begging for him to come back right now. So when you take a look at what it is that Trump and Trump policies can bring back to America, think about how quick we started to undo the Obama eight years. We can undo the Biden three, four years that he's had just as long as we have the right person in place. It is your responsibility, the listener, your responsibility, the viewer, to share our content, to share the things you see on the DML News app, to share the little clips that Denny and I and Ryan here create of this program, to share this podcast so people can chime in and listen, they could comment, they can learn a lot. Hope is not gone. Faith will bring us back. You have to believe that our best days are ahead. And it's not hard to look around right now. Go full screen, Ryan. It's not hard to look around and believe that the good things that we've seen in this country can come back. It could come back as quick as it was stripped away from us, just as long as we get people thinking smartly, thinking different in the sense that they understand that, although not a perfect guy, Donald J. Trump has great policies that can bring this country back. And if it's not him, Ron DeSantis can do the same thing. you got to keep on pounding that message. It's January. We have until November. It is up to people like you and up to people like us. I go back to that 2014 message. I spent the next two years, whether it was on Fox News, Newsmax, or Facebook Live, telling people about what Donald Trump could do for this country. Those same people who thought I was crazy all came and followed me and said, DML, you proved me right. I'm telling you, we can do it again, and we can do it better than it was the first time. Until tomorrow, God willing, may he bless you, your family, and these United States Turn that frown upside down. And remember, we're here fighting with you and fighting for you. Thank you, everybody. And I hope you all have a great day. Get the Dennis Michael Lynch podcast every day by subscribing on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And download the DML News app from the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store for breaking news, merchandise, films, exclusive content, and Team DML.